comes the bride with a knife that's one inch wide. Where is the groom dead in the dressing room? Stabbed in the heart because death do us part. Hello and welcome to Death Do Us Part. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And today we're talking about homework, which I haven't, I haven't done homework in, God, almost 10 years. I haven't done homework in like maybe a day and a half. <laughs> so you chose this pet peeve, but I'll let you stew a little bit. I don't really have any homework pet peeves about Kelly because when we were in college together, we used to do homework all the time, projects all the time. Uh, we had a lot of the same classes in our early, early years at college before she went the teaching credential route and I went the business route. Um, and it was great. I loved it. We would proof each other's papers. It was a mutually beneficial relationship before we were even dating. And then we ended up getting married. So I think it's a good telling point that if you can collaborate with somebody on a project and not hate them after, you might want to date them. Yeah, because what is life except for just like, like kids are just one big group project. Kids are one big group project. The most stressful group project that has, has ever existed. Um, <laughs> but if I was but searching. Never, never ending deadlines. Never, en never ending deadlines. Except your own death. <sighs> but yeah, I guess if I was to reach for a complaint, it would be that. Uh, during the school year, they, the kids do have homework, and sometimes I'll, I'll get off work, and obviously the kids get home before I'm done working, and uh, they won't have started their homework. And on the one hand, it's like, well, you know, you, Kelly could have got them started reading. On the other hand, she doesn't want to always be the taskmaster or the drill sergeant and make them do all of the boring stuff, and then I get off work, and we just get to have fun. So... I totally understand, and it feels fair to me that sometimes they start their homework right away, and sometimes they get to have fun with mom, and when dad gets off work, he gets to run the homework show. So and it's not really a complaint, but if I'm stretching. Um, well, it also depends, because like, you might have more complaints the harder your children's homework gets. I mean, like... You know, I'm partially, like, like you know, thinking, oh, it's going to be such a pain in the butt, and then part of me is like, really excited, because... I was, was, I am a nerdy human being who doesn't mind homework. And so I'm excited for them to do papers and projects and all that sort of stuff so I can help proof it and, and go over it and help them learn stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of excited for it. But check back with me in five years when I'm totally <laughs> over it. Um. It's also, I think, like a good balance for kids, especially like the, as this next year, everyone goes back to school and you're like sitting in school and learning for like a whole entire day. And then it's really hard to get home from school and then just like immediately jump back into doing schoolwork. Um, right. Yep. yep. We always used to come home and then we'd like have a snack and like a break, you know, or like as we got older, I'd go to like soccer practice and then come home and like you'd have a break to like run around and like get out some energy that you had all day and then get back to the whole homework grind so yeah I definitely am all for like a break after school and not just immediately going back into more school work yeah that's a good point good point um but my pet peeve isn't about child school work because none of my children are old enough to have school work um <laughs> 
And I don't have schoolwork, but Nick, who is on the like 15 year plan for college. Had... Well, now let's hold on a second. He took a t- at least a 10 year break in between. So I, I you know. Yeah, that's why it's the 15 year plan. <laughs> It's, he graduated. I don't think from that ten years school. was any part of planning of completing his education. So you can write no, that out. So he let's let's be generous. Hardcore gave up for a while, and then he met me, and then he was like, "I should go back to school." He met you um, and was like, "Wow, I need to be in this girl's life. I should probably get some shit get together." Mine together. <laughs> uh, actually, what even what really did it was it wasn't. Um, when we had Calvin was actually when he finally like figured it all that out and like went back, uh, which is way harder for me, by the way. But um, he didn't want Calvin to graduate and then not like just think like graduating from high school was fine. And that was it. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to show him like that he could even if he's like, if I can graduate college, then like, you know, then my kids can too. And so he wanted to do it to like, you know, show his kids that like he could do it too. So it was really for our children, which is very sweet. Um, I think. Yeah, no, no. I think it's a good point. Anyways, but the problem isn't that that's all wonderful. Um, the problem is, is that Nick like won't start his, like this must've been a huge problem for him. And the reason why he took a 10 year break is he like, if he has a big homework assignment, he just won't do it. He will just like open his computer to like a word document. And then the word document will be blank. And then he'll put his name on it. And then he will sit at the computer for two hours with his name on a blank word document. And I think the reason that it frustrates me is because like, that's a huge waste of fucking time. Um, (laughs) But now is he getting distracted? Like, browsing amazon or playing a game or doing something no, else like this is this is nick on drugs for add or for adhd trying really hard to do something and he'll just stare at it and it's it's because i'm like the total opposite um i'll just start like writing shit even if it's not good like i'll get a whole entire i'll have a nine page paper like nine pages will vomit out of me i'll go to bed and then the next day i'll reread it and like change stuff so Nick has paralysis because he wants the first sentence to come out perfect. And then he like does nothing and he procrastinates super hard because he can't think of like the perfect thing. And then all of a sudden he has a paper due like really soon. And he hasn't even like, like his name is on a page. Um, so what I've been trying to do is like, I force him to sit down with me and I force him to make an outline at least. So like his paper has a plan. Um, and then we'll like, force him to get the intro going um like together as like a you know me sitting there being like you must write something just do this and we'll like talk about it and what he like plans to say and then i'll just sit there and be like well just write that down then um yeah <laughs> yeah and then and the other know- thing i've been doing is i was reading what he'd done and then he was going to start a new paragraph. And so I set a timer for 30 minutes to write his paragraph and was like, you have to finish this paragraph by the time the timer goes off. And then I went and watched a Netflix show. And then I came back and was like, show me what you have done. And so, <laughs> um, I micromanaged him into writing a paper. Yeah. And I will say the power of a good outline is insurmountable. Is that the right word? It is Dude, underrated. I do outlines 
for every I do outlines for work I'll have like a presentation I have to do and the first thing I'm doing is writing an outline of my presentation like it's not even a paper it's a powerpoint and I'm like I'm gonna do this first and then this then this and I like outline that too outlines are just everything outlines are great yeah when outlines I'm... and checklists I love a good big. checklist I have checklists I have checklists on checklists i have too many checklists Ugh. i love them no you can never have too many checklists and all of them are color-coded yeah Speaking i don't do color things codes, i love I just... though um i have to tell you i've been dying to tell you what i'm drinking right now and then i forgot because fucking i was complaining <laughs> well are you done with your complaint yeah. well, honestly it's not so much as a complaint as you being a good partner and and helping him focus in an area where uh, he can benefit from your motivation. I think my only complaint is that I finished school like a while ago, um, but I can't really complain because I fucking love writing papers. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, if I could go back in time and write more papers. Anyways, that's my favorite. And so it so, Can someone pour some cold water on this lady? Like... I mean, she's talking about papers and getting a little randy over here. What? I said, can someone pour some cold water on her? She's talking oh. about papers, like there's something else. Um, yeah. Anyways, can I tell you about my drink now? Yes, you can tell me about your drink now. All right, so I had some peanut. This is like things I had in my fridge. I had some peanut butter whiskey, um, and then I mixed it with some chocolate sauce, and then I put in just a bunch of fucking banana milk. And it's delicious. Banana milk. Where'd you get that? Aldi, man. Oh, no way. I saw my brother post on Instagram or something that he had banana milk. I had no idea it was from Aldi. Why don't I have yeah. banana milk in my cup right now? What, what happened? Your wife doesn't love you. Okay, so banana milk. <laughs> That's not true. Not she went to Costco and bought lots of goodies. But go on. Um, well, tell her on Saturday that or I'll get you some banana milk and bring it to you. Um, it's not like as sweet as you would expect. So like when I first just drank some plain by itself, I was like, this is not what I wanted, but I've been putting it in like coffee or like in this drink with peanut butter whiskey and some like chocolate sauce. It's kind of banana -y, more like plantains cause it's not sweet, but then mm -hmm. they put cinnamon in it. Uh, it's really good in coffee. You don't like coffee, but it's really good in coffee. So yeah, fucking bougie ass banana milk peanut butter whiskey is banana milk considered bougie i'm not sure Trendy, yeah hipster? that's like one of the most california shit i could think of fair enough like fair enough. cow milk is so old school we're making milk out of fucking bananas now do you know potato milk exists i have a gripe about this because i was at the grocery store and i had to get um it wasn't heavy whipping cream what was it not half and half it was some uh, some kind of cream. I can't. Th oh, buttermilk! I had to get buttermilk, and I found one okay. carton of buttermilk in the dairy section. Meanwhile, there's like two whole refrigerator cases full of milk that isn't made of milk. It's made of nuts and soy and almonds and all sorts okay. of other stuff. And I just needed one carton want, of buttermilk. Do you want my ratings of different types of milk? It's too bad. I'm going to give it to you. All right. Number one, cashew milk. Cashew milk is so fucking good. It's so like creamy, creamier than any other milk. It's like 
full fat milk, but made out of cashews. I think second to peanuts, cashews like the least healthiest nut. So that's probably why it tastes the best. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cashews are like the most fatty nut, but like delicious. Um, Then after that, I would have to say is almond milk. Um, I like almond milk. Um, And then oat milk. Oat milk's pretty on par with almond milk. Some people really like oat milk, but like, whatever. It's not that great. Then I put banana milk because I can't drink it plain and the other ones I can drink plain. Um, And then I probably put soy milk last because I'm not trying to drink some extra soy. Yeah, it's too much soy and everything we have already. And a lot of times, like, soy milk is the one that has the weirdest taste to me. Like, you can get used to it and you can like it, but I definitely feel like it's, like, more acquired. Coconut coconut milk, actually, is a thing, too. Yeah, like drinks with coconut milk in it. Plain coconut milk, you got to be careful because that can uh, that can give you the squirts if you drink too much of it. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Kind of, it's kind of a lot. Although I really do like the coconut in like the matcha tea latte from Starbucks that my my bougie son loves so much. It's got <laughs> coconut milk in it, and it's good. <laughs> well, now that we've heard Laura's milk ratings, and oh yeah, I'm drinking. I'm, I have so a Coke. I have a glass of. Uh, off-brand cola uh with spiced uh spiced rum in it you don't have an ipa for ipa day no i had a glass of soda and we were going to record i was like i need a drink so i just poured rum into it and was like there we go done i also put way too much peanut butter whiskey in my drink which is probably why and i've drank a lot of it because it's good but that's probably why i'm drinking fucking milk right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm all for the milk rating. So um, let's talk about murder. Yeah, let's talk about murder for sure. Now, I had a little bit of difficulty finding a specific homework-related murder. But the murder I found is actually between two high school students, which is very sad. It's already sad. Already sad. The moral of the story to me for this and for my kids is when you're in school, you should focus on your homework and not the external dramas and stress that you know society puts on you with you know, with friends and dating and all of those pressures uh, there's tons of toxic things you can get into when you're in high school drugs bad friends and of course dating is probably near the top of that list you have plenty of time to date when you're old and married it'll be fine wait what if you're if you're old and married you should not be dating anymore <laughs> What? You're supposed to date your spouse forever. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's not how that came off, Ashley Madison. <laughs> so my my uh, article here is from uh, ABC News, and it was uh, it was actually a 2020 special, which I'd be interested to watch because the the story is intense, and it's a really good cautionary tale. Uh, but it's about Emma Walker. She was a cheerleader at Central High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. She was beloved by all and genuinely a good person, by all accounts. Uh, She was a 14-year-old freshman when she started dating an older student named Riley Gall. He was on the football team, as you'd imagine, but he wasn't like the typical jock, at least that's what all of his friends said. He was on the nerdier side, Um, but he was also loved by all, you know. He was was a great football player. He was nice to everybody who met him. Um, So they started dating under strict supervision, mind you, because she was so young. And he was a little bit older. I think he was a couple years older than her. And they appeared to be the perfect couple, at least on social media. Um, You know, after 
the incident that occurred, of course, they went through all their text messages and social media. And so there's in the article, there's a whole bunch of pictures of them uh, going paddle boarding and doing all this sort of fun, wonderful dating stuff that you do. Did yeah. you drop? Did you drop your drink? Uh, so I got these new coasters, but apparently if your drink condensates too oh. much, they stick to the bottom of them and then fall off afterwards. So I just can't set my drink down now, I guess. Just just uh, polish that off. Yeah, just three big chugs and we'll be good to go. <laughs> well, Emma's friends slowly started noticing that Riley didn't want her to hang out with anyone but him. And her friends noticed that she uh, that he seemed to be kind of controlling over her, and so it was kind of this gradual change from oh wow they're the perfect couple, you know the best in high school to something strange is going on here. He sounds like a dick. Red flags everywhere. Red flags everywhere indeed. So over the two years, they were known for having these big fights, usually over cell phone, uh, through text message or Snapchat at the time. Um, Because this was back in, like, 2014 when they first met. Snapchat was around in 2014? I think that's what the article said. I think it was Snapchat, yeah. It's been around a while. Long while, yeah. Apparently. I was not an early adopter of Snapchat, I guess. You're looking at the least early adopter of most things over here. So they would have these big fights, they would break up, and of course they'd get back together again, like a lot of high school relationships do. But others noticed some some strange things. Riley, her boyfriend, would uh, wait outside her grocery store where she worked for hours until she got off, just so he knew where she'd be when she got off of work. While Emma appeared to brush it off, and people said, oh, she did whatever she wanted anyway. Even though he tried to control her, she still did whatever she wanted. Riley's friends later said he would send her hateful messages like, I hate everything about you. And she was the biggest bitch he's ever come in contact with. And Emma's mom... Oh my god, she's like 16, right? Well, when they started dating 14, so over the course of the next couple of years, so I don't know when he started sending her this stuff and, and really controlling her and, and abusing so her sad. emotionally. Um, but her mom finally saw one of these messages. The message she saw was, you're dead to me. I'll check the obituary, dot, 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 you. So her mom finally saw one of these messages. And at that point, her parents decided to ban him from their home. And they they kind of knew the risks, right? So at the time... They were encouraging her not to date him anymore as best they could without pushing her too hard because kids at that age, you tell them one thing, they they do the opposite. And so they knew the risks that could drive her closer to him, but they figured they had to try something because it was just too bad at this point. And they ended up taking her phone away while she was at home. So she couldn't contact him, but Riley bought her an iPhone, uh, iPod touch, if you remember those. So she could message him through the, their Wi-Fi at home. So she, he didn't need a cell phone plan. I purchased myself an iPhone, iPod Touch for literally that exact same purpose when I was in high school. To, to message I took, people? I took all my money and bought an iPod Touch so that I could message people because I wasn't allowed to have text messages on my phone. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's honestly a good uh, economic solution. If you're sending thousands of text messages a week. I was also just like pretty much always grounded. So (laughs) I didn't have my phone often. So they did that. 
They took her phone away. He bought her one anyway. They tried to convince her to break up with him, but she just wouldn't listen. So this is over a course of a couple of years. Through that summer and the next fall, uh, Riley had graduated from high school and he moved on to a local college. So he was still around, but he wasn't at their high school anymore. So Emma was still in high school and her parents decided to ground her indefinitely. She could go to school and she could go to cheerleading and that was it. She couldn't go anywhere else. They would, nice. monitor, they would monitor where she went so they knew where she, what she was doing at all times. And surprisingly, they said it seemed to work. She started talking to her parents again. She was eating with them. And she eventually even realized that she deserved someone better than Riley. And she broke up with him at that point for the last time. So yes. I give her parents all the credit in the world for trying as hard as they could to help their daughter. And they succeeded. Well, at yeah, that because that could have totally backfired and she could have just like hated them and like ran away and, you know, yeah, kind absolutely. of lucky that could have definitely gone the other direction. But yeah, and, and maybe there were some doubts in her mind or she felt trapped and, and or her them... friends were like, yo, he's terrible. Right, right. And maybe that gave her enough freedom from being trapped in that relationship, even though she was grounded to, to get some distance and clarity. Yeah. Well, Riley didn't take it well at all. His friend said he would mope around school and he was really depressed. Um, he said he was going to hurt himself. And one time he took a bunch of Vicodin with beer to try and kill himself. So he was in a very bad way after that breakup. And, and he must have known it was a real breakup this time and not just their typical fight, breakup, get back together. Yeah. So this was all in the fall of 2016. By November... Uh, Emma was allowed to socialize a bit more, and her parents let her go to a party. When she went to that party, her friend Zach arrived, and she confided in him that she'd been getting some weird text messages from a number she didn't recognize, saying things like, come outside alone if you don't want to see a loved one get hurt. And that night, the text messages increased in frequency, and they became more intense. And finally, one of them said, uh, she, went, she went up to her friend Zach and said, look, this message, it says that, they, they dropped Riley outside. And so Zach went out with her outside of this party at a house. I think it was 1130 at the time, which let's review. She was grounded for like months and suddenly she can just go stay at a party until 1130. I mean, maybe ease into that a little bit, you know, still have some restrictions, but that's just me as a father talking. So Zach and, and uh, Emma walked outside and sure enough, Riley was there face down under a street lamp. It took him a bit to help him up and he kind of like regained consciousness. And he claimed he had no idea where he was or how he got there. And Emma at that time wrote him off, said, what are you doing here? I don't want to see you. And she went back to the party. So she didn't yes, give him the time of day. girl. Yes, get it. And Zach said that he sadly walked away into the darkness of the night, like just down the street. Like he just walked away. And... Um, uh, Riley texted his friend saying that he had been kidnapped that night, but also he told his friend, don't call 911. No cops. No cops. He didn't want cops involved, which is highly With suspicious. Kidnapping? He was kidnapped. He had no idea how he got there. Yet, please, yeah, don't, don't call the cops. So what probably happened is he kept texting her under a different phone number, laid down under a street lamp until she came out and pretended like he was a victim. So now we're getting into crazy stalker territory. Yep. So Emma went home the following morning 
uh, and I'm assuming it was like early morning because it was still dark when she des- described this. So it must have been after midnight. Who knows? Yeah. And 1, 2 a.m. Um, she was home alone at the time. I don't know where her parents were. Didn't say. Okay, well, that explains why she was at a party so late. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't, I didn't connect the like, dots before. but Get yeah. home at 10. And she was like, sure, mom and dad who are gone to a conference, you know. Yep. So she was home alone. And she texted her friend saying that someone was at the front door. And she didn't know who it was. She said they kept ringing the doorbell over and over. Finally... She texted Riley saying, I hate you, but I need you right now because she knew he would come, which is... Are you serious? Why didn't she just call her parents or the police? I don't know. I can honestly say, even though I was like a complete and total idiot um, in high school, I would have, one, called my parents and been like, someone keeps ringing our doorbell, and then I would have called the police. For sure. For sure. And that's... uh, Anyone should do that. And it's it's too bad. Or I would have yelled out like the door and been like... I'm calling the police now. You should probably leave before they get here. And then Riley, who was clearly ringing the doorbell, would have left. Right, right. So it was some stranger all in black. She didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. And um, the next morning, her mom expected her to meet her somewhere. And again, I, they don't say all the details of this. So I'm not sure where they were that night. Maybe they just went out for, for a night after watching their daughter for months and months and making sure she didn't go anywhere. Um, and she didn't show up. So... Concerned, her mom went home, and she found her daughter and Riley sitting and talking in the front yard. And her mom told him to leave right away. She said, you're not welcome here. He tried to explain that he was there to help make sure she was okay. But Mama Bear insisted he get the fuck out. And she tried to talk some sense into Emma. And she stated the obvious. She's like, he was at that party where you were tonight, and he came here to rescue her. It's not a coincidence. And she insisted she didn't know who was at the door, and it was not him. But the timing's just too convenient. Yeah. I'm sorry. He could have worn all black and, like, pulled a hood up and, you know. Yeah. It's not hard to disguise yourself in the middle of the night. So her parents were quite worried again. He's reappeared in her life when everything was normal. So they fall in a creepy stalker way. Very, very dangerously stalker. So they followed her to work. And back home to make sure she was safe the next day. You enjoying that drink there? Yes. <laughs> I don't have any ice, and my drink's getting warm. <laughs> In your super warm house. Yeah, it's too hot. Anyway, so after they, they followed her for a bit, everything seemed to return to normal. And text message records show that on November 20th, she texted a friend about homework before going to bed on November 20th. And November 21st, the following morning. So there's no correspondence with Riley. Um, Emma's mom went in to wake her up. She called her. She didn't respond. She tried to, you know, just push her. She bumped her and she realized she wasn't moving. She checked her pulse and she had no pulse. And this is in her own house. So she immediately called 911. And the investigators removed people from the home. Um, they discovered a bullet hole in the wall. And Emma had been shot in the head. <gasps> what? This is inside their own home. They, they surveyed the area. They cordoned it off. They found two casings outside and another hole in a, a different spot in her room. So they ruled out suicide because the shots came from outside. One shot hit her behind the left ear and the second was lodged in her pillow. 
I mean, think about how close one of those shots was. Two of the, if if they had both missed, she'd be she'd be okay. She'd be here today. I'm just like sorry, my mouth is hanging wide open because I'm just thinking about how like somebody from outside could shoot through your wall. Yeah, well, scary. Clearly, it had to be somebody who like knew where her bed was and stuff. Of course. As you can imagine, Riley was quickly a top suspect after interviewing her family and friends. And they all pointed at that that relationship and how bad it was, and he was stalking her. On social media, Riley, of course, mourned her death. Everything appeared as if he was just terribly sad. His first high school love was dead, and he still still cared for her. That was obvious. And so, you know, everything digital looked like he really cared. His friends, however, shared a secret. After Riley was supposedly kidnapped, he stole his grandfather's gun, a 9mm handgun, to keep himself safe. He showed one of his friends and he told another. Um, His friends were rightfully worried about him. They were concerned that he could be suicidal at the time. And another friend said that Riley asked him how to get fingerprints off again. Oh, okay. That's not suspicious at all. So good for his friends for coming forward and being concerned, first of all. My question is why you, as like, what well, he was probably like 18, 19 at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why would you think your 19-year-old friend knew how to get fingerprints off of a gun? I don't know. Unless he was really into true crime. So they brought Riley in for questioning. Uh, He had an alibi. He said he was sleeping over at a friend's house. Strangely, he never referred to Emma by her name in the entire line of questioning. He just called her the girl. When they asked him to clarify, he said the one who passed away. He wouldn't say her name. It's a big red flag. Super weird. Very weird. He also showed no emotion or concern despite his social media mourning. He said he had tried to get in contact with her recently, but she didn't respond to him. He claimed that Emma said if she helped him with a paper, she would talk to him. And he called on one of his friend's phones, and she said some cruel things to him and blocked the number. Uh, he like, then t- leave me the fuck alone? Yeah. And then he told him he cried for hours that night. Although in telling the story, the police found it very odd that while he was saying he cried for hours after she you know, said cruel things to him, he had no emotion. They described him as they described it as saying they've never seen someone so disconnected in a murder case as Riley at that time. Then they told Riley, "We know about the gun. We know you stole the gun. Your friends told us. You showed one of your friends. You asked this strange question, and his grandfather actually reported his handgun missing shortly after it was taken, before she was killed too. So his grandfather didn't know and." who took it he just thought it was stolen now riley denied sharing any information with his friends or even having the gun Um, he said he didn't know where it was Um, and then after the questioning he left he texted his friends right um, immediately after scolding them for telling the police how could you tell them why did you tell them about the gun so his text message records were further implicating him and his friends were like his friends who already ratted on him like they weren't immediately going to go to the police and be like look he's being mean to us now they they took it one step further they, they were scared and they just they went to the police and worked with them to make a trap for riley and the police explained that there are some real dangers and threats to what you're suggesting you do and they made them fully aware and the friends went along with it anyway and they said we really want to help you with this 
So these these uh, these kids are amazing kids. Or at least they seem to be by the story. I just keep sitting here being like, I wonder how they were friends with him. They may have just known Although him at, in college like and he was like, there, you know. Or they just thought that he like never would do something like that. They're like, oh, he seems like a bad boyfriend or whatever. But like they thought, you know, he was more on the suicidal side. And then that happened and they were like, we don't know this dude and we don't want to be like involved with this in any way. Yep. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe they weren't great friends. He just happened to come to the same events and they hung out with him. Yeah, and then he just happened to tell them about guns he stole. Like I don't know. Um, so the NBC News article doesn't say what the trap was, and maybe they didn't want to say because of you know whatever reasons they don't want to share their their uh, their secret into how they you know got him. But uh, despite the very real dangers that his friends would face, they tricked him. The police found his gun and some more evidence. They found gloves and they found all black clothing, very similar to what Emma described as somebody, a stranger, continually ringing her doorbell when she was home alone. So they, they pretty much had him at that point. Yeah. When this went to trial, Riley's defense was that he only meant to scare Emma. So now he's admitted to having the gun and shooting it at her, her home. But he wasn't trying to kill her. He wanted to scare her so she would text him or call him again and say, I need you, um, you know, I need your help. So that was the defense. So you just shoot it into the air, not like into her bullshit. You don't shoot it into her room then where you know her bed is. I fully agree with you. That's not, that's not the way to get a, a girl's attention. No, but like even if you had some like stupid plan like that, like you would shoot the gun outside into the air, into the ground. Like you could make a gunshot noise and scare her without shooting a gun. Like why in the world would... If you shot a gun into her room and she was like, holy shit, someone's shooting a gun into my room, she'd like run into her parents' room or whatever. Like this is the world's worst if i'm not a fan of this defense it was stupid well the jury the wasn't thing. a fan of it either because he was found guilty of first degree murder at the time of his trial he was 19 he was also convicted of stalking theft reckless endangerment and possession of a firearm during a dangerous felony the first degree murder charge was enough alone for a life sentence and again he was 19 at the time and he now carries a life sentence so Again, when you're in yeah, school, but that means she was like 16 or 17. So she was 16, yeah, when when she died. So stick to homework and school. Don't get involved in bad relationships. And if someone tries to tell you what you can do, just get out as fast as you can, because that's that's an abusive relationship. And this is just one example of the the bad outcome that can be the result of any abusive relationship. And if you try and break up with someone and then they tell you that they would kill themselves if you broke up with them, for the love of God, break up with them anyways. And if they do a whole bunch of things that are rotten and nasty and bad and terrible and then immediately apologize after every time. Gaslighting. That's that's like one of the biggest patterns of abuse right there. Yes. Gaslighting. And then they make you sound like you're crazy by being like, I wouldn't do that. I didn't. You made me do that. And then they make you feel like you're mm -hmm. a psychopath. And anyways, high school relationships in general, like are kind of terrible. 
like I feel like I understand like people want them and you want to date and whatever but like high school relationships like unless you're high school sweethearts and then eventually you get married like they always are just like bad and they end badly and then you have to like sit next to that person in math class for the rest of the year and like the whole situation is just so awful it truly is looking back on it i'm like oh there's not a lot positive about it I had a boyfriend who dumped me and then I was so sad that he felt bad and then was like, JK, let's not break up. And then I was like, what? Okay. And then the next day he just broke up with me again to date this other person who was in like all of our classes together. And then they'd sit next to each other in class and hold hands. And it was the worst, weirdest situation I've ever been in. And then after that, because of that instance where someone broke up with me and I cried a lot, and then they were like, JK, let's get back together. And then to turn around and just break up with me because they were dating someone else the next day. Anytime after that, anyone broke up with me, I would just like not care or cry. Like I might cry or be like sad about it later, but like in the moment I'd be like, this is fine. Yep. Hardened. Hardened by life. Apparently. No, or I yeah. just started breaking up with people first because, um, yeah, then I was winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> you beat them to the punch. Yes. And that was fine too. Yes. Your, your revolving door of low grade men before you found your, your perfect one. I like how you say that. Like I dated so many people when I really didn't, but. No, it wasn't that many, but it would often lead into, well, no, that's not true for you. You would have a lot long periods of time where you were not in a relationship with someone. Yeah, I did. And I enjoyed those periods of time. And my best advice to like anyone always was like, you should just live by yourself for a little while. It's that was like my advice. favorite. I loved living by myself. Anyways, now, um, now that you're as triggered, much, as much as I, as, as much as I thought that like homework would just lead to people like killing people, like you know when you like see in TV shows where they're like, "Do my homework for me" or whatever. Mm-hmm, I thought like mm-hmm. people would kill people for not doing their homework, or people would kill teachers because they gave them a bad grade on their homework. Or, anyways, um, mine's pretty loosely tied to. Um, but it does say the word homework in it. So that's pretty good. It counts. Um, it was in Indiana and it was actually this year. So there's not like, like we have to wait for an update on it because, um, it was in July. Oh, wow. And the news came out yesterday. Hmm. So this is like breaking news right now, which never happens. But, um, so it was an Indiana woman who was charged in her husband's fatal shooting Then she used an axe to cut off his legs before trying to enlist her two teenage children in a plan to burn his remains. Oh, that is terrible. So um, it's Thessalonica Allen um, was charged with murder and abuse of a corpse and several other counts. um, In the shooting was July 28th of this year of her husband, Randy Allen. Um, So when it first happened, like what she was telling the cops and stuff was that her husband was beating her and her children. And that's why she shot him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but her two teenage children, who are teenagers, um, told officers that there wasn't any sort of like physical altercation um, that day or anything. Uh, they said the day before he was killed, he was helping them do homework on their computer at home when he found a website that their mother had visited and it doesn't say like what website, but he found some website that she'd apparently gone on and it upset him. Mm -hmm. Um, so he confronted her about the website when she got home. Um, and they argued and then the children said that they heard a loud bang. Um, they said that they like came out and they saw Randy Allen on the bedroom floor and he said, call 911. Um, but their mother ordered them not to do it and sent them all to their rooms. Oh, my uh, gosh. She... That's <laughs> and they were like, okay, bye, and just went to their rooms. Um, she later awakened them in the middle of the night to ask them for help dragging his body from the apartment to her vehicle, but it was too heavy for them to move. Wow. Um, These poor children. So then... I know, I know. That's all I kept thinking is these poor teenage children. So the next day, um, she came home with cleaning supplies and an axe. Um, and then she woke them again in the middle of the night for the second straight night, this time to help putting to put help put the body into a tote. Um, so she had that's when they noticed that they she had removed his legs. So she cut off his legs to fit him in like a big bag, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then they said that after that, um, uh, Thessalonica made like additional attempts to put the body into a vehicle, um, but she couldn't like do it. She couldn't lift even without his legs. She couldn't lift his body into the car. Um, so she, I guess, had told them that she had plans to take the vehicle to a place called South Bend in Indiana and then set it on fire. So then she called a baby daddy, basically, of hers, a guy in Michigan. Um, and this, is a, this had... is a different child they have together? Yes. So there's a guy in Michigan who has a child with her also. Um. And it doesn't, it doesn't like elaborate, like if it was one of the teenage children that was there or if this child like lives with him or something. Um, anyway, she called him about the killing and she claimed that her husband, oh, I guess it does. Their kid lived with her. Okay. So she okay. called the guy from Michigan and said that her husband, Randy Allen, had been beating their child. So the, the man from Michigan who didn't want to be named and then hers kid her husband was beating that kid so she called him and like said like i killed him come help so the guy came and went into her apartment she showed him her husband's body and she was like please help me take it to my car and he was like no thanks um and said that he wanted to go home and then she pulled out a gun and was like um I have a gun and also this guy was beating like our kid and he was beating me and he was like, hard pass. I'm going to call the police now. And he did. Wow. I'm surprised he even showed up. She's like, Hey, I need your help because. Well, it doesn't. Your, like, it your doesn't daughter's elaborate. Like she, it doesn't elaborate on if she called in was like, Hey, I killed my husband. Like help me out. Or if yeah. she was like, my husband that I am married to right now is beating me and he's beating our kid and I need help. And then he showed up and she was like, 
voila, he's in a closet, legless. And he was like, actually, no. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah, she tried to get a bunch of people involved. Just, like, the thing you should not do. Um, Her, like, ex, father of one of her children, her freaking children. Yeah, that's um, absolutely crazy. To be perfectly honest, I feel like this is very, like, she did it. There's so many, so many witnesses, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were saying, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I think we do. I think yeah. we know what's going to happen. So, um, very recent, but yeah. Uh, so if you're helping your kids with homework and you come across a weird internet page that your wife went on. I don't know. Just, just be you. open and have a conversation about it. Yeah. And if you're the one going on weird internet pages, clear your fucking history. <laughs> oh, man. That is that is just crazy. I feel so bad for those girls. Or boys. Oh, did not say? I just assumed. No, it just said her two teenage children. So I don't know. In my mind, I'm just thinking of someone asking their daughters, help me carry your dead father into the car. Or your dead stepfather for at least one of them. Yeah, at but least yeah. one of them. Wow. Well, I didn't think you could top mine, but you topped it. Oh, get ready. Get ready because my hypothetical murder is amazing. Oh, well, mine's like, not I so amazing. literally but... texted you about this earlier because I found this story. You gave me a teaser. Like... That's all. I don't know what it is. I haven't read anything, so I'm excited to hear. Well, I'll go through mine first. Um... Mine's very practical. So for my homework-related hypothetical murder, I'm going to use homework for the murder, obviously. Uh, when the kids are older, they're going to have like way too much homework. And we have three kids. It's, there's going to be stacks of paper everywhere. If we're being honest, there's already so much paperwork that comes home from their school anyway. Which is so weird to me because don't they just email everything now? Well, it's all art projects and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. I do like 10 art projects art. a week. And then the following week, they all come home and, you know, worksheets and all that. So I already have enough paper, but um, I'm going to strategically put a stack of papers at the top of the stairs before bed because papers are very slippery if you step on a whole bunch of them. And then that night, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going to go throw up in the toilet. I'm just going to make myself throw up, just gag myself, because that will give me a reason to be not the one that goes downstairs when we need something, which that's my job. <laughs> That's my job. We need something. Got to check on the dog, thermostat, whatever. I'm the one who goes downstairs. But if I'm vomiting in the toilet, ain't going to be me. So when I'm doing that, I'm just going to ask for like a glass of water. Make sure we don't have any cups in the bathroom ahead of time. And so when she's super tired and she's quickly hustling down the stairs, her heart rate's going to be elevated because I'll probably scare the crap out of her when she wakes up hearing somebody gagging and throwing up in the toilet. And she'll quickly go downstairs in the dark, slip on the papers, and fall down the stairs. And I'll just blame it on all of my kids. Crazy amount of papers that have to come home from school. It's not terribly exciting, but pretty practical and easy to... Easy resources, you know. I was going to say totally doable. Um... So I w- went in my research, I found this story um, where an anesthesiologist wanted to murder his wife because she wouldn't grant him a divorce. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so he was like, the obvious only answer is murders. Um, but he didn't want to kill his daughter. So he told his, his daughter was going to go somewhere with his wife. And he told his daughter, like, no, don't go stay home and do your homework. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, uh, she got in the car with her mom instead. And then the car, the cops were baffled because they found the mom and the daughter, uh, dad in their locked car with nothing except a deflated yoga ball in the trunk. And they were like, what the actual fuck? This is like one of those, like, uh, do you remember when you do those where they was like, Bob and Fred are on the floor and there's broken glass and water around them. What happened? And then you have to be like, they're fish and they're in a fishbowl. And then the fishbowl got knocked off of the counter and broke. And then they died because they couldn't breathe in the air or whatever. Like one of those. Yep. Oh, yeah. So it was like that, where it was like two people in a car dead, deflated yoga ball. And they were like, what is going on? And then eventually, somehow, they figured out that the anesthesiologist guy had filled the yoga ball with carbon monoxide, put it in the trunk with a leak in it. So when they were driving the car, the yoga ball leaked the carbon monoxide all into the car and then killed them as it deflated. Wow. Right? Talk about innovation in the most sadistic way. This is why I was so stoked on it. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, <laughs> shit. Um, anyways, I was like, wow. Like, obviously, clearly he got caught, but it took like years. And I was like, that was a yoga ball. Um, so anyways, that was my plan was when Nick wasn't doing his homework, I wouldn't say stay home and do your homework. I was going to tell him um, like, oh, I think you need a break. Maybe you should go for like a drive. Do people do that? I think so. Go well, go get a snack. Go to a fast, you know, go get a to a fast food place. Yeah. And, go get yourself and, a you know, take a break from homework. Yeah. If I ever told Nick, take a break from your homework to go get a snack, he would immediately assume I was killing him. He'd be like, no, thanks. <laughs> Wait, you want me to take a break? No, no, and no. And no, get no. a snack? <laughs> not, I'm going to stay Laura. here and not work today. harder. <laughs> um, and then we don't have a yoga ball, but we do have like a thousand bouncy balls, like from, um, not like, not tiny bouncy balls, but we have like really big, like, like those red sports balls, right? You have some of those. Well, yeah. Like, you know the ones that when you go to, like, a grocery store, there's, like, the giant, like, not or not even a grocery store, but, like, Walmart or, like, Target. They have, like, a giant, like, rack that's made out of metal, and it's just full of these, like, big balls of air, and, like, kids <laughs> just, like... <laughs> you know, when I go to Walmart, I always look for the racks with the big balls in them. That's what I'm always looking for. You know what? talking about yes though. i know what you're talking about they have no purpose they're just giant balls in a bunch of different colors they're too big to kick and be a soccer ball they're too big for anything really but they exist uh we have multiples of those of course children fucking love them fill those um, up so I, yeah i would just do a couple of those throw them in the back and we have kids so it wouldn't even be weird like we have kids and we've had one of those deflate for no ass reason kick too hard i don't know so it wouldn't be where you like in the trunk you'd be like oh yeah they have like five deflated balls that makes sense that's have crazy I'm, I, I can't believe they actually children? caught him though like i can't believe they caught him on that 
I know. Because if you, I mean, I, I remember watching it some was... medical show once, and there was this woman who would have chronic headaches and like nosebleeds, and it always seemed to get worse when she was driving places. Um, except like in a certain part of the year when it was like nice outside, she it would go away. So she she thought it was like some seasonal thing. But what it was is her car had a carbon monoxide leak. And it wasn't fatal, but it was enough to always give her a headache and a bunch of other symptoms when the weather was bad and she didn't have the windows down. But when the weather was nice, she'd have the windows down and the carbon monoxide would just go out of the car. So, I mean, cars produce carbon monoxide. And if there's something wrong with it, it feasibly could get into the cabin of the car and and create some issues so it's like how do they even even if they said oh they died of carbon monoxide poisoning how would they think it's a yoga ball it's gotta be like unless it was just so so weirdly out of place they did like a post-mortem examination and so they knew that they died of carbon monoxide poisoning um but yeah, I don't know how they figured it out that um, it was, he's in Hong Kong, and the article that I found was really short, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I it didn't, like, explain. He also, apparently, he filled up two yoga balls with carbon monoxide. Um, oh, he told colleagues, he, he did it at work, and he told colleagues he was going to kill rabbits with the gas. But then he contradicted himself by telling police he wanted to use it to get rid of rats at his home. Oh, because he had like canisters of carbon monoxide. I guess. Yeah. Mm. He was an associate professor at Hong Kong's Chinese University. Um, so I guess he like either took it from work or like, yeah. Anyways, he he got caught because they were like you car- they were like they died of carbon monoxide poisoning. You have carbon monoxide in your home and he was like, "Ah, for rats." And then his friends at, or ex-friends or colleagues at work were like, "You said you were going to kill bunnies." Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "Caught in a lie." Which is still dun, psychotic. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm just going to gas killing- I'm just going to gas a bunch of bunnies. Fuck. Even like that's a terrible way to deal with rats. Also, I'm not a fan of that. No, because they're dead in your walls. Yeah, I didn't even think of that reason, but yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a charming episode of Death to His Part, where the moral of the story is: just do your fucking homework. Yes, do your homework, kids. Do your homework. Help your kids do their homework. Everybody just do your work. Get shit done. And that's it. And as always, while marriage is messy, murder is messier.